season. Sully, always good to have you. Thank you. Um, let's start uh, with what you saw in the fall, the look of your team here. Uh, positionally, are things settled? Are there still some spots up for grabs? Uh, what's, what's with that? No, I think we've, we're at a point now where things have somewhat gotten settled. Some guys have separated themselves, but obviously the first four weeks of the year, we – you know, we try to figure out our team the best we can. We move some guys around, line up changes, um, and that type of thing before we start conference play in March. So, but no, we have a pretty good uh, feel for the position players, and obviously the pitching um, is a little bit more um, confusing at this point, if that's the right word. We just we've got some freshmen we're going to have to lean on, and some guys are going to have to grow up here in the first month or so for sure. So, certainly out of the pen. Everybody wants to know who the potential Friday, Saturday, Sunday people will be. So for all those folks who want to know, I'll ask. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, obviously you go into it with kind of an idea and a blueprint of what you think um, is going to give you the best chance to win. Um, right now, if the season were to start tomorrow, we, we would go Kate Fisher on Friday, uh, Liam Peterson on Saturday, freshman, and we leave Cags on Sunday for the simple fact that he's got to play first the first two games of a weekend. And if you played him, if you pitched him on Saturday or Friday for that matter, then obviously that would disrupt his ability to play first. So, um, and he's certainly thrown the ball much better this fall and this early spring. So, you know, and then we'll still use Brandon at the back end of the game. Obviously he's can be used in a lot of different ways in terms of he's not just a three out, type of pitcher that can to get a save he can get you you know a two inning save relatively easy kind of like we use michael Byrne. you know and obviously you know if something were to happen with one of these three starters whether it be performance or somebody gets hurt or one of those things then obviously brandon can move back into the uh starting rotation and we'd have to probably rely on you know some a younger pitcher to, to finish a game so but I think the first four weeks, like I said, is going to be really telling on, on which freshmen are going to be able to handle this or not. You know, Sully, we, we have talked about this, and I think maybe at the college level, fans don't maybe understand, because at the big league level, we always see the closer coming in, and, and it's important. But the closer at the college level is also a really big, important cog, isn't it? I mean, we went through years where we didn't have a closer, and it was miserable. I mean... It's it's one thing to, to fall behind early in a game and kind of regroup and get the team ready to play the next day. But when you kind of – when you lose some games in the eighth and ninth inning and you do it quite a bit because you don't have a reliable guy to get the last few outs of the game, not only is that game demoralizing, but it could certainly leak into the next day. Those are, those are really painful losses. So I've always looked at the closer role as one that obviously your Friday night starter is – probably the most important piece of putting a staff together but the closer for me in my mind is 1a and you know or 1b so to speak um, of the importance of having somebody to close out games i mean let's just be honest you know the the college game is is different than the, the you know the pro game in terms of you know the emotion the emotional side of it and those types of things so you have to have somebody at the end that's got you know some some confidence and some mental toughness and you know, be able to field a position, be somewhat athletic, hold runners, and be able to handle that role. Um, 
and they're not easy to come by. So, yeah, we do place a lot of emphasis on the guy that, that finishes games. As long as I've known you, I don't think I've ever asked you this question because, uh, you know, you can identify a closer, but sometimes at the end of a game, uh, you know, you have a, a set-up guy who sets up the closer. How do you go about identifying, and maybe a Slater's, how do you go about identifying a guy like that? I think it just kind of evolves, and like I said, over the first four weeks, you kind of figure out who can do what and who can't do what. You know, you use Slater as an example. I mean, everybody's role is important. I mean, very rarely do you see starting pitchers ever go complete games. Now you're looking at, you know, a quality start used to be seven innings with three runs or less. Then it became six innings or three runs or less. Now it, it could be argued that, you know, the starter gives you five innings and gives yeah. you – Three or less, it's a quality start, <laughs> yep. you know. But but to have a guy like Ryan or, you know, Fisher Jamison, who's come a long ways, you know, those guys are really valuable to bridge the gap to your closer. So, um, and, and that's where, you know, some of these freshmen, other than Liam, who potentially will pitch on Saturdays, are going to have to shoulder some of that load. They're going to have to give us – you know, three, four, five, six outs on a weekend on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Or, if, like I said, if we use Ryan Slater or Fisher Jamison on Friday and Saturday, they, you know, you know, on, on both uh, games on a Friday and Saturday, then on Sunday, some of these freshmen are going to have to help us. And that's kind of where maybe if there's a question mark, that's where it lies. But, you know, we've got five or six that have had extremely successful falls. And I would anticipate they'd be able to help us. And, you know, you know, like I said, you know, over the years we've used freshmen and we've relied on freshmen. So this isn't anything new. We've, we've had success with freshmen, like I've said. Other teams use freshmen, they have success. And, you know, we, we certainly go into this with the idea that, yeah, they might be lacking experience, obviously. But, you know, they came here for a reason and – and you've known me long enough. There, you know, we're not going to baby, or, True. or any, we're not going to treat them any differently than anybody else. I mean, I mean, obviously the alternative is they're sitting next to me during the game and not contributing. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll get after it, and, and these guys are going to have to help us. Get a baseball coach Kevin O'Sullivan joining us again. They start practices today, and they're open to the public. They're going to be practicing all weekend long, and they'll be scrimmaging as well. Sully, we all hear about NIL, 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 transfer portal, et cetera. Uh, and most people look at it with, from a football perspective. Has it changed your sport? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I mean, you'd be, you know, you'd be remiss if you didn't if you didn't take that part of it and, and embrace it. I mean, the bottom line is, if you want to be active in the portal and and be in contention for you know, the 8, 10, 12 really good players that go into the portal every year, then you have to have NIL money. That's just that's the bottom line. You know, and if, you, if you're if you not in that position where you can compete with NIL money, well, the chances are they're not going to come to your school. So, you know, that's obviously a work in progress. We're, we're all learning as we go along here, but the bottom line is we're going to have to be, you know, competitive in NIL space and obviously – fundraising for that you know for that situation final question we've talked a lot about pitching but offensively Sully I think you've got a chance to have a heck of a of an offensive club do you agree with that I do I do and you know we got 
we've got some guys in the outfield that have played and obviously getting, you know, you know, Kobe Shelton from Alabama was a huge plus for us. His his ability to play shortstop, which was the biggest question mark coming in, has certainly worked its way out where he can handle that. Obviously, you get, you know, Cade back at second, who's had a freshman All-American year, Cags back at first, and Dale Thomas is kind of like our, our spark plug, so to speak, and we feel great about our, our catching situation. We have three really, really, um, you know, catchers that we that we can rely on. Obviously, Luke had a great freshman year, and we got um, Tanner Garrison from Coastal, who's probably better, the best one defensively out of the three, at least of right now. And Brody Donay is going to give us a chance to have some real, real power um, in the second half of the lineup. So uh, we'll see. But, no, we feel like we've got a chance to be productive offensively. I mean, I get asked the question every year: Are we going to bunt more and that type of thing? I think, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, but I'm sorry, but the thing, I'm sorry. I just had to laugh. I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, we certainly work on it on, on on a daily basis. But the fact of the matter is, you can't bunt your way to Omaha. That's for sure. Um, and the SEC is built around power pitching and power hitting. That's the way it is. And if you want to get to Omaha, you have to have success in the SEC. And then, obviously, unfortunately, the field plays a little bit different in Omaha. You can catch it on the right day where the wind isn't blowing or it's blowing out. But if you catch it on the wrong day, you know, and the wind's blowing in, obviously that doesn't that doesn't factor in, you know, to, you know to you know to your strength. But um, yeah, I do feel like we're going to have a chance to be pretty good offensively as well, hopefully. And last thing, real quickly, the schedule. I mean, you, you got to go to Miami. You, there's a back-to-back stretch in the SEC. You get Arkansas, Vanderbilt. That doesn't do you any favors. But that's the way the league is, right? Yeah. I mean, certainly, I mean, when you look at these preseason polls, which I don't put any stock into them, but, you know, the point is, is obviously Vanderbilt is going to be very good. Arkansas is going to be very good. LSU is going to be very good. You know, and arguably, like I said, all all four of us are going to be ranked in the top five or six in the country. You 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 know, in a perfect world, hopefully, you would have had a schedule where you play one of those three at home. But yeah, we got to go on the road and play. You know, LSU. We got to go back to back weekends and play Vanderbilt and Arkansas. Um, the back to back weekends are tough. I mean, ideally, what you'd like to have with your schedule is is an alternating home and away. So if you go on the road. You have a tough weekend. You kind of get back home and kind of regroup and, and get your players back on track. But those back-to-back weekends are, are difficult. But you know what? We can't control the schedule. Obviously, the SEC office you know, comes up with it. And at the end of the day, you know, it will certainly be battle-tested and ready to go during you know, when, when postseason comes around. Okay. Uh, again, they start practice today. They start stretching at 2.30, uh, scrimmage at 4.30. They'll do the same thing Saturday morning and Sunday morning. Sully, I'm looking forward to working with you again and doing games. So thank you, for, as always, for the time. We'll see you at the park. You got it. Thanks, Steve. You got it, Sully. Thank you. Kevin O'Sullivan, who's done, obviously.